going on, everybody? Casey here, Virginia Game Day, checking in with another episode of the podcast. We are at episode 70. So thank you guys for sticking along for the ride and tuning in every week or after every game. Wouldn't have a show without you. So thank you so much. Uh, of course, as UVA Wahoo fans, we're not in the greatest spot right now because our most recent game was against North Carolina. Recording this on a Sunday. UVA fell to North Carolina on Saturday night. So that's been a bummer. We're going to get to that later. But we'll start off with some some good news because, you know me, I'm a pretty positive guy, and our baseball team is certainly in a positive direction. We are off to a 7-0 start, Ben Wahoos. They had been scoring a million runs throughout their first four games of the season. They beat Longwood 26 to 2. They opened up the season with a 24 run explosion over Navy, getting good performances from uh, the pitching staff who who haven't been here, which is great, right? So the pitching staff coming into the year was a question mark for me because they haven't proved it in UVA uniforms. Uh got a lot of transfers, Nick Parker from Coastal Carolina, Connolly Early from Army. And so far throughout this early season. The pitching staff has showed up. I think we knew the 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 sticks would be there and the, the leather would be there. But the arms, I just wanted to see it uh in in our uniform doing it. And so far, uh, they've done that. So so this weekend we had a started off 4-0. Now we had a series against Columbia, a absolute step up in competition. Uh Columbia you know, may not sound like a baseball powerhouse, but they had a good season last year. They hadn't played yet this year. They they were 0-0 coming into the, the series this weekend, but they had a, a good season last year. I believe they won the Ivy League, and it was a certain step up in, in competition. And the the scoring kind of reflected that. I mean, our first game we won 4-1. to The second game we won 11-3. to And then today... It was a close game all the way up until the eighth inning uh, that we ended up winning nine to one. So what we'll talk about is the game that we saw today and then kind of go from there. So it was zero zero up until the eighth. Columbia was playing well. Their starter, Joe Sheets, scattered four across four. They had a, a reliever come in and he went hit list through three. So through seven, we only had four hits. Uh, they put in a reliever, James Vaughn, and the wheels kind of came off. We scored all nine of our runs in the eighth inning, and none of them were earned. I mean, we put the bat on the ball plenty of times, but all nine uh, runs were unearned. Ethan Anderson had a three-run homer in there, and we had they had three errors in the inning. We drew four walks. We got hit by a pitch. We uh, kind of exploded there in the ninth, in the bottom of the eighth to put the game out of reach. Ended up with seven uh, hits on the game, and Jay Wolfuck won the game, and uh, this is his first win of the season. So it was it was good to see him kind of. He got in a couple jams, so it was nice to see him kind of work through it. He allowed a run in the the top of the ninth, but. We're close to having a shutout there. So nine to one victory. 
first year Jack O'Connor started the game, threw a gem, spotted up his pitches nice, uh, only allowed two hits through six, three strikeouts. Bradley Hodges, another first year, came in in relief, and he went scoreless, uh, scattered two hits across one and a third, and then, of course, Wolfa came out and got out of a jam. Uh, this offense has just been tremendous. Ethan Anderson, I mentioned he had the home run today, and he is just barreling up all sorts of balls. He's hitting 375 for the season. Casey Sauke had multiple hits today. He's hitting 346. Jake Geloff, the the star of the squad here, had two hits today, and he is hitting 429 with three homers. He's already in midseason form. He's got 14 runs driven in. This team is super fun to watch. Uh, Kyle Teal drew three walks today. He's like the on-base machine. He's uh, hitting 478. He's he's a pro player, man. He's definitely going to get drafted. This team is solid all the way around. Solid all the way around. You got to get out to the dish to watch them. The weather is is getting nicer. Ranked 19th right now, but that's certainly going to go up when the next set of rankings come out. Uh, some good first years on offense. Uh, Henry Godbout. That's the one guy who comes sticks out in my mind. He is real good player, and he's leading the team in hitting right now. From Brooklyn, right-handed stick, wearing number seven, a good number in uh, UVA's history. Can't forget about, you know, Devin Ortiz, the recently graduated and playing pro ball now. Uh, so number seven's a good number. He's leading the team in hitting 550. Un- amazing for a first year to come in and and do that right off the bat. Yeah, and, and we got good we got good players who aren't even getting tons of playing time, but are just great players. I mean, Virginia can recruit. Virginia gets great players. Now, Luke Hansen was going to be was supposed to be one of the best freshmen of this class for any school, and you know, we're just so loaded right now that he's only got five at bats, but he's he's three of five. Yep. So team batting average three seventy five, and our pitching staff is holding opponents to a two eleven batting average. Unbelievable. To and a two oh seven ERA for us who's so get out to the dish, watch UVA baseball. They bring the pain and they are gonna have a real high ranking, even higher than where they're at right now. Uh, they play VMI on Tuesday. I'll be there. So if you want to come say hi, say hi. And then this weekend, they'll have another home series against Rhode Island. That's a four-game series. So Friday at 3, a 12-3 and three doubleheader on Saturday, and then a 1 o'clock game on Sunday. It was youth day here again at uh, for the Columbia Sunday game. And, you know, they get out the Bounds house and make it real cool for the kids. I'm pretty sure it's free, so free for kids. Uh, so lots of games coming up. All right, basketball. Basketball, folks, got to talk about it. Dropped to 21-6 and six on the season, two straight losses, both road losses. That's something that we can kind of be a little bit happy about because we're going to finish out the season with two home games. We haven't lost a conference game at home. The only home game we've lost all season was against Houston, and that they're the number one team in the country, and we, we hung right with them. So 
the the issues with UVA's basketball program right now are the kind of the issues that we've had for the last little while. We're not hitting shots. You think back to even the Louisville game. We shot 56% from the free throw line. Then we, against Notre Dame at home, we shot 29% from deep, only 42% from for twos on twos, missing all sorts of layups. And then we go to Boston College. Boston College, we have an awful shooting game. Awful. 27% in the first half, 36% in the second half. Couldn't get anything going. Finished the game shooting 32% and 19% from three. Bottom line, the team's not shooting the ball well. Last night, you know, you guys have seen it on Twitter, I'm sure. The layup stats. I posted it on my uh, Instagram story. Caroline Darney, you know, revered UVA media member. Virginia, this is posted during the game, but Virginia is 7 of 19 on layups. And, and we've seen that, you know, Notre Dame was huge. Boston College is huge. So many missed bunnies, missed chippies right around the right around the rim. So we're missing layups, and then we go and miss five free throws in a row. And we lose the game by seven or eight. I've seen two different scores around here. But it's kind of it's stupid to be like, yeah, this this team's gotta make their layups and their free throws, and we'll be we'll be fine. But you do that and we fix a lot of the problems right off the bat. Yes, this team's not as in as good a rhythm as they've been. Yeah, Isaac McNeely's in a bit of a shooting slump. Yes, Kihei's had a couple of rough games in a row. Reese Beekman's looks like he's taking a, a step back where he's not healthy or he's, you know, just not, I don't know what, he's just not looking as explosive as he's been earlier this season. But you get the layups, you get those chippies that we're missing, you make those free throws, we might not have lost our last two games. Uh, so that's one thing. One on a, on a good note, Jaden Gardner is playing, been playing his butt off. He's been one of the lone bright spots for the for the team. Jaden Gardner had 19 against Virginia against uh, North Carolina, and then a game before that, he was a leading scorer as well. So when Jaden's shooting from you know eight, ten, twelve, I feel comfortable. I'm happy. I, I always say it's automatic. He's automatic from there. But when Ben gets an open shot, I'm certainly not as confident. When Ben goes to the free throw line, I'm really not as confident. Uh, Ben's missed his last four free throws over the last four games. And overall, he's gone five of 15 in his last 15 free throw attempts. That's real. That's a real rough, rough look at the, at the D1 level, especially since he shot over 70% last year at Ohio. And the year before that, he shot 76, 78%. All right, let's go through the... Uh, Let's go through the, the stats here. Jaden Gardner, like I mentioned, 36 minutes, uh, 9-17 from the field, made his only free throw, 12 rebounds. So a nice double-double for, for Jaden. Four offensive boards, too. Finished with 19 points, 19-12. and 12. Good game from Jaden. Had a steal, an assist. Uh, ben Vanderpost only played 20 minutes. Three of eight from the field, two of four. In the three-point line and missed his only two free throws. Ben was a minus 10 and his plus minus. 
Kihei Clark, another rough game, in my opinion, for Kihei. Kihei had a spot early in the game where, you know, he missed, he got his step on the guy, and he did that, like, long extended hand layup from the left side with his right hand, and he missed it. Looked like he got fouled, but they didn't call it. And then he comes right back down and forces a quick shot, a bad shot, with, you know, a couple of seconds off the shot clock. So it was just a couple of things. Uh, Kihei kind of kept it close late in the game, but I thought he had a had a uncharacteristically rough first half, and against Boston College, he also had a rough game. So need to get Kihei back on the horse because he's really the the heartbeat. He's the you know the the leader of this team. Uh, Reese Beekman, he's our star. Uh, 36 minutes, four of 11, missed both threes. So Reese now, again, in our last two losses, has gone 0 for 2 and 0 for 2, two for his last 16 from three-point range. You know, I've heard them say on broadcast that, you know, he's our best three-point shooter, and I think as a UVA fan, you don't feel that way. He just kind of had a smaller amount of attempts earlier on in the season, and his percentage was high, but now that he's kind of been shooting more, We've seen him kind of come back to earth a little bit. So Reese got to get the got to get some of those to fall. Two of his last sixteen from three point range. Uh, he was a a minus twelve for his plus minus. Finished with eight points and six assists, four boards, and he also missed two free throws. Uh, Arman Arman had fourteen points, six of fourteen. Grabbed a couple of rebounds. He was an even zero on his plus minus. Armand started kind of asserting himself later in the game, coming off of a bad game against Boston College. I always feel like when Armand starts out hot, it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the team. And then he really didn't get it cracking until the game was was almost out of hand. Well, the game was, the game was out of hand, but... He kind of kept us – he hit a couple threes back-to-back in the final two minutes there, a minute, to make the game respectable. And that's – losing them only by eight is nice for our analytics there because it could have been a lot worse, and it was for most of the second half. But that's the uh, that's the starting lineup. Armand was the only player who was not negative on his plus-minus. From the bench, Caden, seven minutes. He was a minus one. Caden gave us good minutes. I, I would like to see him out there more when the first half, when he came out and Ben went back in, I, I tweeted. I was like, it's kind of happy seeing Caden out there. I thought he was giving us good minutes. And that the ceiling for our defense is a lot higher when Caden's there. Uh, Ryan Dunn played 10 minutes. Similar. Our ceiling is better when he's out there. He's a great defender. Uh, I haven't seen he doesn't have the confidence in his offense yet. You, you heard me say that so many times this year, but he doesn't have the confidence uh, in his offensive game. But, you know, when when Ben's shooting in a slump like he's been, I'd like to see – give some of those shots to Ryan Dunn. You know, Ben's only shooting 31% from deep, not making his free throws. Ryan Dunn's certainly a better defender. Doesn't have as much size. It's not as as thick. But just a thought. Uh, Isaac McNeely, 25 minutes. 
he's just you can see him getting more and more comfortable can't uh handling the ball hasn't been uh putting his shots down like he was but he was only a minus two on his plus minus finished at four points two of six over three from three point range He's struggled recently. He's two for his last 13 from deep. So this team overall is just not shooting the ball well. I mean, there's really no one outside of Jaden who's been like, yeah, he's been he's been knocking shots down consistently lately. At all. And we had some instances this this uh in the first half against UNC where we had fast breaks. You know, Reese caught a steal and then forced a layup at the other end. Miss a layup. Armand gets a steal and he, some crazy circus layup, missed it. So many chances at the basket where we're not converting. And Tony mentioned it in the post game. Sooner or later, it's got to go the other way, right? It's got to. Um, I'm happy to have it happen now as opposed to have it happen in a tournament. But sooner or later, it's got to switch because we can't, you know, carry this, this, inefficiency into postseason play. We got two games left plus the tournament. We should uh have a have a double buy. Fingers crossed there's a lot still to shake out. But I'm hoping that since we've been so bad at around the rim, so bad from the free throw line, not nearly as great from deep, that some of that will switch and We'll start seeing it uh, soon. Start seeing it in games. Flip for us. The opposite. So after the Duke game, which, let me say this. The Duke game, I don't know if it's, maybe the basketball gods are are evening things up for how that game ended there. Does that make sense? You know, making up for that Duke call. And I feel like the, the refs are making up for it too. We haven't been getting any whistles. And I understand that when you're away, you don't get whistles, but... We weren't getting any whistles either game against Boston College or North Carolina. But, I mean, I think the basketball gods are kind of paying us back for giving us the Duke win. But I digress. Uh, against Louisville, we shot 33% from deep. Against Notre Dame, we shot 29%. Against Boston College, geez, 19%. And then finally against North Carolina, 33%. And it was mostly worse than that. This is a team earlier in the season that was shooting over 40%. And for the season, we're still in the top 60 overall in the entire country. So we got to start putting some shots away. Um, two games left. Miami's only got one game left. Uh, we're a game back in the ACC standings. We could get a share of the... We still have a chance to get a share of the regular season title. We got to win out, first of all. And then we'll need Pittsburgh to lose, certainly. they have Pittsburgh has at Notre Dame and at Miami. If we win out, we'll have 15 wins. We figure that Pittsburgh beats Notre Dame. And if Miami can win, it'll put a tie at 15-5. and five. Three-way tie, 15-5. and And that's what, when you look at Ken Palm, that's what he has projected. Ken Palm's got projection at 
Pittsburgh 15 and 5, Miami 15 and 5, Virginia 15 and 5. So it's still in the cards to get a piece of the regular season title. It's not in the cards to get a number one seed at the tournament, but we should have a double bye. Looking around at Bart Torvik, as far as the tournament goes, they give Virginia the highest chances to win the ACC tournament. 18 and change percent chance to win a tournament. After them, Miami, 17.3%. Duke, 15.8%. Clemson, 11.2%. Pittsburgh, 9.8%. But most importantly here, it gives Virginia the, the highest chance to, to win the ACC tournament. And the same thing can be said on team rankings. Uh, their odds have Virginia as the highest. They actually have Virginia, then Duke, then Miami. Um, Bartorvik also has a hundred percent chance Virginia makes the tournament, so that's that's great. And team rankings also has Virginia as a hundred percent chance to make the tournament. I want to go in with some momentum though, so we got to win these last two games. I want to go in with a win over Clemson. That would be a big win. Finally, you know we haven't had a big win in a while, and then we close out with Louisville. Louisville's a team who's playing better, but we'll get them on our home floor and should take care of business. Then it's on to the ACC tournament. As far as Lenardi goes, the ACC was is down a little bit in terms of their representation. They did have seven teams. They're down to five with North Carolina and Clemson on the bubble. Uh, that was, of course, before the weekend. So North Carolina and Clemson both got big wins this weekend. So I'm not sure if it's enough to get them into the field, but they were on the first four out for UNC and next four out for Clemson. So it could get, get them closer and get the ACC's representation up. Uh, at, with the Boston College loss, Virginia fell from a, a three line to the four line. Losing to North Carolina, I'm not sure if it'll knock them out of the four line for Lenardi, but uh, could be maybe a, a deeper four seed or a five. Uh, we'll see. It's Sunday now. Lenardi should drop a new one on Monday. So, uh, something to look out for. Lots of good ACC games left this week. Virginia gets right back after it on Tuesday. North Carolina plays on Monday night against Florida State. Florida State, who's fresh off of that big comeback and buzzer-beating win against Miami. That was that was a real punch in the gut for Miami fans. They were up 25, and then they hit, Jordan Miller hit a three in the corner to to put them up and thought the game was over, but then Matthew Cleveland runs down just like he did against UVA at JPJ last year and put the dagger in for a win. All right, guys, thank you so much for checking us out at Virginia Game Day on Instagram, Virginia Game Day Podcast on all the podcast platforms. And our newsletter is virginiagameday.com. It's where we always try and keep you guys updated on new shows and some occasional articles and such. But thank you all so much. Go Hoos. And thanks for listening.